Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast. Sam Ellard is alongside the great man that took 303 wickets for England and is probably still nursing a quite horrible hangover after his beloved Newcastle United. They picked up their first Champions League win in 20 years against Paris Saint-Germain. More on that shortly, but there really is only one thing to discuss on today's show. The good news is that the World Cup is underway. The bad news, England kicked off the defence of their trophy with a hammering against New Zealand. England well below par as they posted 282 for nine. In reply, Will Young went early, but it was comfortable for New Zealand. They cruised to victory thanks to brilliant hundreds from Devon Conway and Ratchin Ravindra, winning by nine wickets and with 13.4 overs remaining. Conway, 152 not out. Ravindra unbeaten on 123. So lots and lots to get through with Steve Harmison as we discuss the opening game of the World Cup on the following on podcast. Harmy, look, do you know what? We really should start off the following on podcast by talking about cricket. But I see you've got a smirk on your face. I mean, you're normally hungover anyway, aren't you, around this time of day? But was there was there an extra little uh, sore head this morning after your mighty, mighty Newcastle back in the Champions League and PSG to St. James's Park? No problem. No, not a hangover as such, Sam. No, um, literally, because I'm in, I'm in Lanzarote, so... I wasn't at the game, absolutely devastated. Uh, my great friend, Graham Courtney, he called the game and stood in for me. I had to get a hold of the kids before the World Cup. Uh, I'm going out to the World Cup later on in the uh, in the event. Um, and the one game I did not want, I went when I was Champions League, it was like, don't the second game, don't be, at, don't be at home. Second game, don't be at home. Second game away. And unfortunately, when Jason Bourne asked me to work, I had to say I was in Lanzarote and I missed the game. Obviously, at the ground, the atmosphere looked great. A little bit different to what Ahmedabad, 130,000 with about 20,000 <laughs> yeah, people in. A little bit um, different. But, 
just a little bit different. But it, it, look, it was a one. It, I wouldn't say it was a one-sided game as the England game was today, but it was uh, it was brilliant to see my club back in the headlines, in the in talked about in a positive way. Um, two local boys scoring goals, absolute superstars of of, uh, of Newcastle because they're Geordies. Um, and from afar, I was a very very proud man. But what I do, Sam, when what you don't know is. Whenever I'm on holiday with the kids, I don't drink. I don't drink around my kids. So I make it up. I make it up with you on tour. Yeah, I make up when I'm on tour with you. So, look, it it, it was a brilliant occasion last night. I sat and watched the England game today. Disappointing is initial reaction. Um, The world's not ending, not by a long chalk. Um, I look at the way England performed and go, nobody really took responsibility. Probably rooting Butler. Root definitely, Butler possibly you could say well, did their jobs when it comes to Root's look. You what if Root can bat between 85 and 110 balls per innings, eight times out of 11 if England were to get to the final, then then England will win more games than they'll lose if the power players turn up. Um, and they didn't, it was simple, you know, they all got in, all got into double figures. Yeah, but they all got out in a way which I've not seen from England for a long, long time, Sam. Yeah, being being caught on on ten yards in from the boundary, half hitting it, check driving it, not just growing out and belting it. And I think there was a little bit what looked as though a little bit apprehension um, in some of the shot selection, uh, some of the shot execution, the shot selection. I didn't really have a problem with. You know, the, them shots are on because these boys can play them. They're good players. But the execution, I think that will be something I would imagine Joss and Marcus Truskothic, the batting coach, Matthew Mott, the, the head coach, will be going, will be not banging heads against the wall, but will be going, lads, if you're going to play that shot, belt it out of the park. Belt it out of the park. Hit it hit it for six. Don't try and, you know, chip it into the gap. We don't do that anymore. You know, we, we did that in 2015. We're now, we're, the reason why we won in 2019 is because, we, we belted balls out of the park. And I think there's been a big drop-off since that. I think one stat that I've seen during the week was, I think between 2015 and 2019, England scored something stupid like 15 or 17 scores above 350. And I think between 2019 and now, they've only done, I think they've only done that once or twice. So that tells you, you know, where we were possibly not the team that we were going into that 2019 World Cup. We've still got some fantastic players, but I just think we were just outbeat by, outschooled by a very, very good and very competent New Zealand side. Yeah, you mentioned there, Harmy, with the bat. It wasn't the sort of ruthless, aggressive England we've, we've well, we, we certainly watched from 2015 to 2019. Um, but look, 282 was below par, but not a, not a dreadful score. Um, I don't remember, Harmy, seeing an England side this wayward and this all over the place with the ball. I mean, Wokes none for 45 from six, Wood none for 55 from five. Um, Liam Livingston went eight and over, Moen Ali and Rashid just under sevens. I mean, really, apart from Sam Curran, all of the bowlers got their lines and lengths wrong. And, you know, the, the wicket, apart from the wicket of all young, I don't really remember that there was an early LBW to, to Devin Conway that was, that was clipping. But other than that, Harmy, it, I couldn't believe how easy it was for New Zealand. I mean, the batsmen played great. But I think they were assisted by some pretty shambolic bowling at times. Yeah, I think I think what we what we have seen is, you know, for example, Mark Wood. If Mark Wood's going to bowl 96, 95, 96 mile an hour, if he's slightly offline in, in Indian conditions, 
he travels. And that's that's I would I'd be I'd be tempted if I was England to change the change the way they go in in um, in these conditions. If you're going to get Mark Wood to bowl fast, I'd get him to bowl first. I really would, and stop somebody getting in. Mark Wood's bowled at 95 mile an hour. He hasn't really been bowling. He hasn't bowled competitively since the Ashes. I'm not trying to stick up for him because everybody knows how the sort of connection I have with Mark. Oh. But but. I'm talking about a fast bowler here. I'm talking about what I was, what I, what I did for a living, and I'd be tempted to go, go with him first and say, right, I'm not going to give Conway a chance to get in. I'm not going to mm. give Ravinda a chance to get in. Mark Wood comes on to bowl after, after the sort of horse had bolted, really, and then you're going right. This is a, this is a basically a, a 50-50 call. Mark Wood gets three for nothing, and we win the game, and we put pressure on New Zealand's middle order, which he's done in the past quite well. Or you look at someone like Mark Wood, who hasn't bowled competitively a lot since the Ashes. He bowled three overs in warm-up. Didn't really play much once Australia had left. And to go and ask him to bowl line, perfect line, perfect length on Indian pitches, which you know, the ball was coming on nicely to the bat with Conway in. For me, Devin Conway, since the pandemic, is probably the best batter all around the world. In, in multi-format competitions because wow. big are, he, he, big, big he has been. Well, he has been. He scored He scored runs for fun at home. He got a double hundred in England. Um, he was he was front and centre IPL when, when, when Chennai Super Kings yeah. won. 600 and odd runs. And this guy's a proper, proper player and Ravinder's going to be a superstar. But they were in when Mark came on to bowl. And I'm not defending him because his line, lines were... Slightly off and at 95 mile an hour, if you're slightly off, you travel, you travel, especially in the power play. So, these are little things I think tinkering wise England might need to, to think about. Sam Curran got off to a great start, he bowled two maidens in his first two overs. Mm. So, uh, Chris Wokes, somebody you can hang your hat on, line and length. If he got if Chris Wokes had bowled six overs or 45 and bowled perfect line and length and got belted, and everybody's going, Well, Chris Wokes can't bowl away away from home again, I'd say fair enough, granted. But it wasn't it wasn't the line and length bowler that we normally used to was meticulous can get line and length. So possibly the emotion, possibly the game, getting into the World Cup, all these things come with with human the human element of the game. Um, England just had a bad day. I really had a bad day. I'm not worried about England at all. Got some experienced cricketers that had bad days in the past. They put them to one side very quickly. I'm sure Joss, Matthew, Mott, Joe Root, Ben Stokes. Be having a lot, you know, some serious conversations inside them four walls. But by the time they get on the bus tonight, parked, see you later. Let's get up to Damasala and then get on with the next game. And I think that's the beauty about how good this team is with the characters they've got. But I think in both facets, they were really, really below par. Yeah. And of course, important to remember as well, Harmy, that um, in the World Cup of 2019, which of course we won, we lost three games in the groove stages. So uh- you know, we only lost one here, so we still got a little bit more, uh, more, uh, more, you know, more leeway. Um, you mentioned Devin Conway, Harmony. Big statement from you saying he's the best multi-format batsman in the world. But you're right, he showed his class all around the world in all formats. But what about um, Ratchin Ravindra? Um, he's probably only playing today because Kane Williamson's injured. The first time he's batted in the top five in ODI cricket. And goodness me, I mean, certainly for the first 30, 40 balls of his innings, Harmony, he looked like he'd been batting a three his whole life. He looked like he was peak Brian Lara, number three. Yeah, he batted, he batted beautifully. I remember telling Goffey about him when I, when Goffey took over at um, at Yorkshire as a director of cricket. We had we had Pakistan 
we had the Pakistan New Zealand test series when Ijaz Patel got 10 foot. Yeah. And Ravinder was like the backup spinner batted at number seven, but he was an opening banner in first class cricket. So we seen him two years ago on Talk Sport 2. And we talked about, I remember having a conversation with John John Norman about him, saying, wow, what this kid can play. Wow. He really can play. And the bowling helps and everything that comes with it. Um, and he's just growing from strength to strength. And his timing, his touch, you know, the, the, the sort of wrist risky player of years in the in the in, you know, in the subcontinent and Asian conditions. Um it all fell nicely. And I think if Lockie Fer- even Lockie Ferguson, you mentioned about Kate Williamson not being fit. But I think if Lockie Ferguson had been fit, Ravinda wouldn't have played. Okay. I don't think he would have played I don't think he would have played. I think they would have played the extra bowler mm. and gone in with gone in with three frontline seamers because I thought when I looked at the team, I thought, oof, this is a gamble of a New Zealand team because they've got three frontline bowlers in both That's Henry, deep, didn't they? Sadna. Yeah, batted deep. So, you know, I thought they were a bowler short. And you've seen that yeah. towards the end. And you, the way Tom Latham captained that, the way he captained them 50 overs was absolutely brilliant. He was, because at times you were thinking, well, you're going to get caught short here. There are going to be three or four overs where you're going to have to bowl a Phillips or, you know, a Nisham's going to have to bowl at the end because you are one bowler short. But England played into, into their hands because England kept giving wickets away. And that, all of a sudden meant that Latham could, could take his frontline bowler out, keep him later on, get a, a part-time bowler on that game with it. And Ravinda did a great job in that in that element as well. He bowled 10 overs for, for 76. So we've got, we I think anybody in New Zealand knew that they had a, a very, very good um, prospect on their hands. I think anybody that watched him in, in sort of, in that series, when Pakistan were in New, when New Zealand were in Pakistan, seen glimpses that there was a player in there, and from Durham's point of view, uh, we signed him for yeah. a, for for a one-off first-class match, and he got two hundred and ten not out. So, I think anybody in the northeast, even even in the cold northeast, so it doesn't matter whether it's forty degrees in Ahmedabad or two degrees in in Chesley Street, this boy can play. Um, 23-year-old, I think he's got a bright future and what a start to, to the World Cup for, for Ratchin Ravinder, along with New Zealand and Devon Conway. Yeah, fair play to him. Um, I want to take you home, if I can, right to the beginning of the day. Um, before a ball was even bowled, we had the national anthems, England, New Zealand, repeat the 2019 World Cup final, a stadium that can hold 135,000 people. Looks quite incredible on TV. Here we go. I sit down, cannot wait for this. And I think to myself, have, have they got the cameras right? Have they got the pictures right? Because it was absolutely empty. And we think there was around three to 4,000 people there, Harmy, that were, were ready to go from the first ball. As the day went on, the ground filled up a little bit more. But it's not a good look, is it, Harmy, for cricket? When we got a 50-over World Cup, that's supposed to be the pinnacle of this sport, and there are 3,000 people in India, which is supposed to be the, 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 the you know the, the place where cricket is loved more than anywhere in the world. I mean, as a man that's played the game, has watched the game, has commentated on it, did it leave a, a sour taste in your mouth watching a it, World Cup game with pretty much nobody there? Yeah, it was a bit strange. It was a bit surreal when you first started and you, you thought it was a warm-up game. You really yeah. thought it was a warm-up game. You have to you have to put into context uh, the, the size of the ground. It's like an FA Vars, the FA Trophy final played it. Played at Wembley, isn't it? When you when you look at the the sort of size of the ground compared to three thousand, you know, I'm not saying I expected 135,000 people to be no. there for ball one, but three to four thousand for the opening parts of the game is pretty poor. It was pretty poor, and I think there was a lot of marketing, ticketing, 
has been mentioned real problems, on social media. The organisation has been a real shambles. It has. And that is something that I'm sure that will be looked into. But, but Sam, you, you mentioned there, it's in India, right? And it's loved. The game is loved in India. And it is. is. It? <laughs> but it's only love when India are playing. Yeah, I it's know. It's only love when India yeah, are playing. Yeah, I was going to say that. India's only love cricket when India. Yeah. only love cricket when they're watching India. So... There was no opening ceremony either, really, properly. That you, you can. I remember going back, I, I didn't play a World Cup in the World Cup. I, I was in the squad in 20, 2003. Um, well, I couldn't, I couldn't bowl hoop downhill at the time, so I don't know how yeah, I got. Do you know how many people would have turned up if it was you opening the bowling? You might not have got what Patterson did, right? <laughs> I know, I know, but it, I probably would have done as just as, just you know, as, as probably as poorly as what England started off if uh, if I had been going now. So, yeah, well, better than what no, that's it. That, that was a cheap dig. No, and it wasn't. And I, and I mean, I, I hope England can... We will turn this around. I've got no problem at all. But with no open ceremony, neither. I remember in 2003. I mean, it was it was mesmerising. We were we were in Cape Town. Um, Nelson Mandela was there. We were, well, I think we were in Cape, were in Cape Town or Joburg? Cape Town, I think it was. And we, I tell you how... It got my head going because we were hammered, absolutely hammered. The England well, team, I'm not surprised. apart from Nasser Hussein, were absolutely hammered. Nasser's having to carry this flag around. He's got the, the belt <laughs> on with a hole in the thing. We're slapping him on the back of the head as we're walking past him. And it was just it, it, we had but to, to defend us at the time. We had we had spent we had just spent four days, five days in a room with for like twenty hours a day in a room, whether do we go to Zimbabwe or not, that whole, well, lives were threatened. So there was a yeah. serious element of it. We didn't, we we made a decision we weren't going to go. And we let off some steam just before the, the opening ceremony of the World Cup. I, didn't, I don't know if there was an opening ceremony of the World Cup. I don't think there was. That then means that everybody's off in a different part of the world. If there was an opening ceremony today at Ahmedabad, before the first game, or, or a spectacle that was on before the first game, There'd have been a lot more people there, I would imagine, and the, the, the crowd would have been better. The crowd got better as the game went on. But you're right. For me, the first first ball of the World Cup with probably 130,000 spare seats in it no, no. is not a great is not a great spectacle. But to be fair, I don't think that had any bearing on on how the players played. Two very experienced sides. It must have been a strange um, for the players, though, right? To to big yourself yeah. up to that moment, to get psychologically ready for a World Cup opener and sort of just to look around you and see empty seats. You know, I mean, we'll hear from the players, it's, I'm sure, but it must have been strange for them. But it's also, Sam, you've got to remember that the hosts weren't playing in the World Cup opener, and that normally is. So in, in India, in India, probably, they're not going to... They're not going to feel as uh, the, the Indian fans aren't feeling as though the World Cup starts until India play for the first time, and I think that that in itself is a is a story. You know, India wanted uh, the ICC and the BCCI wanted it, the, the, the England to play against New Zealand in Ahmedabad. I I don't think uh, I don't know how the conversation come or how things moved, but they got moved. India were probably going to play first uh, in Ahmedabad, but because I think the fixtures and the way they fell. I don't think they were going to play two or three games there as well as play, obviously, Pakistan, India, in Ahmedabad. For me, I got asked, what will this what will this World Cup be remembered for? And I think the one thing I'll say is, in red ball cricket, the Ashes is the ultimate for any cricketer. You know, spect- you know spectator sport, from a cricketing point of view, people 
get bums on seats for the Ashes. And I think Ben Stokes and the way you know the way Ben Stokes and Pat Cummins side went head to head, I think just I think just reignited Test match cricket over the course of the the, the sort of six weeks in the summer. In white ball cricket, there's only one cricket match. There is only one cricket match, and that's India versus Pakistan. No matter where you have it in the world, we've seen it in in England many times. One in Birmingham, and we commentated for Talk Sport for the Champions Trophy in Birmingham and in for, at the Oval when they played in the in the Champions Trophy. This is going to be amazing, and I think that for me is going to be the game that really ignites this World Cup. Um, but uh, yeah, I agree. I think because there was such a, a massive stadium to start the game and uh, to start mm-hmm. the tournament in, um, I feel as though you had to have India playing in the first game in Ahmedabad because that will only that was the only way you'd get a, a crowd the size of what it, it should have been to sort of say, right, this World Cup has started. Because I think in, for Indian fans, they'll not feel as though it started until India play for the first time. Um, final question, Harmi. Um, India, England have gone in as favourites. Obviously, people will, some people will fancy Australia. I've seen a few people say, hang on a minute, you know, Pakistan in these conditions could be could be dangerous. But what about New Zealand, Harmi? We've seen them play some really good cricket today, but we know it's only one game. They came super close by the barest of margins, as we know. They lost out in 2019 in the final. They also lost in the final in 2015. When you look at this New Zealand team, could this be the tournament that 50 over cricket, they go all the way, not to the semis, not to the final, but Ken Williamson, Tom Latham, whoever it might be, is lifting the trophy in six weeks' time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't rule that out. I really wouldn't. And part of that is when you come up as you need a little bit of lady luck, go your way. One thing that's going to go their way now is because there's been a lot of rain around in, in India over the course of the warm-up matches, they've got a net run rate now, which 
possibly puts England one even further, one game behind, sure. and New Zealand one one game ahead. So like, there's a big, you know, England losing with 13 and a half overs to go is huge for England's net run rate. Obviously, in a negative, but it's massive for New Zealand in a positive. So all of a sudden, England could go out simply because if it rains for two games and they lose and they only get one point in each time, if other teams have that. Well, New Zealand have got the backup or the fallback of having such a massive net, net run rate. Can they go and win it? Why not? I've got them in the semi-finals. Um, I've, I've got them in the semi-final spot. Along, where I think they would have. Now they are for me. Now I think they, they do get to the semi-finals. That net run rate, and I had them pipping Australia and South Africa. I still think England will get there. I think Pakistan will get there because they're a, a, a fantastic side. The only thing that beats Pakistan always in world tournaments is Pakistan. Because of you know they always have something which goes against them and you know some board dispute or they, they have a falling out between each other. I don't see that with this Pakistan group, especially under Mickey Arthur, our good friend here on Talk Sport. So for me, Babarizam and their, that team could be a, a challenge. But yeah, you know, I think whoever whoever knocks India out win it, and that who, for me who, will so will who be who misses the out then. Who's the who's the fourth team? Who misses out? India or Australia? I'm assuming Australia miss out. Then you're saying Australia miss out. Yeah, wow. yeah. I think I think. The, the only thing I, I think that from Australia's point of view is Australia play two games, I think, in Lucknow and a couple of games in Chennai. I don't think they've got the spin department good enough to play in them venues and and challenge. You know, Adam Zampa and, and Glenn Maxwell are the two spinners. I think they're a frontline spinner short to play in Lucknow spins and Chennai spins even more. So because of where they play their games, that could come against um, could come against Australia. They're back deep. They've got great all-round qualities. Um, I just think that their, their spin department might just be the one that just holds them back. Um, but for me, it's India, Pakistan, even England now. Uh, England will bounce back, no problem from this. Um, and I think with a net run rate New Zealand have got now, I think New Zealand qualified for, for the semi-finals, and we might see England, New Zealand again. There we go. Let's hope so. So that's it. Match one is done. Pakistan, Netherlands is the game on Friday. Uh, India kick off their tournament on home soil against the Hossies on Sunday. What a game that should be in Chennai. And then New Zealand's second game is Monday against the Netherlands. And then England hopefully can bounce back uh, on Tuesday, the 10th of October against Bangladesh. Harmi, thank you very much. Um, safe flight. Behave yourself over in India. I'm sure you're going to miss me, aren't you? Keeping you company, keep, you know, looking after you as I always do on tour. Hey, how are you going to cope without me? <laughs> I've got no idea. I'm sure I'll be fine. As long as I see your ugly mug once or twice and the following on from its safe distance, then me and you will get on brilliantly. Good, good stuff. And goodness me, by the way, we started with football, we finished with football. I spent six, seven years listening and working on the TalkSport Breakfast Show to poor old Steve Harmonson. Oh, it's so hard being a Newcastle fan. We need the good times back. You get the good times back right. You can't be bothered to go to Paris Saint-Germain <laughs> in the Champions League. And you missed the cup final because you're in New Zealand with me. <laughs> I know, I know. It's devastating, isn't it? Working for TalkSport, it is. It's, it's a real chore, but hey, somebody's got to do it. We love it and... Uh, on a serious note, Sam, I think it, it has been doom and gloom for England today. Um, we're, but I'm sure on, no, we're bouncing back. Yeah, into I, I still think we've got a great chance in this tournament. We've got some experienced players in there who have bounced back before. Um, it's just going to take some experience here to, to take responsibility. And I think that is the difference between what we've had today and potentially the turnaround in the ne next couple of games. Because we've got some good games coming up. You know, if they're playing India next or Pakistan next, then I'd be, ooh, 
this could be this could be a, a real challenge. But they've got a couple of nice games coming up to sort of build some confidence back to really then hit the middle of the tournament. Homie, good stuff. Well said, my friend. So, yeah, game one of the World Cup done. Repeat of the 2019 final. New Zealand beating England, thrashing England by nine wickets. Homie, top man, thank you very much. Uh, I've been Sam Ellard alongside the double Ashley winner, Steve Armstrong. You've been listening to the following on podcast. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.